Hey guys, my name is John Kim. I'm a licensed therapist and life coach, putting self-betterment into a shot glass. Because let's face it, who's got that much time these days? I come unpolished, unrehearsed, on purpose. If you're looking for more of a wine glass, you've come to the wrong place. So this is my new favorite thing to do. Um, It reminds me of when I was like 10. I would lock myself into a room and uh, have my stack of Legos. And they weren't like the new Legos where you just, you know, it's the new Legos are too fancy, right? You, You just put a few things together and you've already created a spaceship. So back in the 80s, Legos used to just be building blocks and with no directions. And you just create whatever you wanted with thousands of just building blocks. Now... They're almost like, you know, four things you put together and then whatever you're building is built and there's instructions and all this is just too fancy. This reminds me of when I was 10 um, and I would just lose track of time playing with Legos. And podcasting for me um, recently has just been like that where I would just sit in a room like I am doing now with my cup of tea or coffee. And... um Wow, that's hot. Ouch. And just have fun. Um, and of course, uh, provide some kind of value at the same time. Um, either in the middle of the day or at night, it's almost like therapeutic. It's like my own my own time where I could just uh, – because I'm so used to staring at the screen and writing. Um, actually speaking into a microphone is so relaxing. So – Anyway, wanted to share that today's episode is about practicing mindfulness, and it's a, it's interesting because this this doing this podcast using different parts of my brain, um, and actually instead of typing, punching keys, actually um, speaking and focusing on. So I, I set this intention every time I do an episode, and I try to imagine talking to you because I'm in your ear. And I tried to make it very personal, and I set the intention to um, give you some kind of message, me being a conduit or a messenger, right? And and this idea of um, something greater than myself working through me to deliver this message to you. And I don't know what you're doing right now. You may be in the car or listening to this at work or on your phone. I don't know. Um, but here's my message to you today. And you know what? If anything, maybe it's just a reminder I'm going to read you a clip of my book, and that's the way I'm going to deliver my message today. All right, so here we go. And I'm not, I don't usually read uh, for these podcasts, but I'm reading myself. So I'm, <laughs> it, it's, I think it's, I think it's okay. Um, it's still in a shot glass. All right, so it's extremely difficult to seek nectar without being present. Um, I have this, uh, tattoo of a hummingbird on my bicep as a reminder to always seek nectar and I put that on there for myself because I never used to seek nectar I always used to um, be in my head and be very logical and in order to seek nectar you have to be very present Um, and in order to be present you have to practice mindfulness the most powerful way to slingshot yourself into the here and now I think is is mindfulness um and I understand that it's another buzzword that's trending. And like meditation, we hear it and, you know, we hear about it and, and the new lenses that it can give us. But, you know, who who the fuck has time, right? It's like, 
but here's the thing about mindfulness. You don't have to sit somewhere and uh, cross your legs or you don't have to set a timer for this. This is something you can thread into your daily life. Okay, It's something that you can actually do right – I mean you can actually do it right now as you're listening to me. Um, it's a mindset and, and, and results don't come instantly. It requires time. So it's easy to do it twice and file it under quote-unquote hokey. But here's what I know. So when I look back at my 30s, I remember the stress, the pressure, and the feeling um, the feeling of lack. I remember wanting things and the panic and desperation. I remember the pivotal events that happened like, um, more like plot points in a movie, but I don't remember a lot of the actual scenes. Right Now if, now if I go back further and I start looking at my 20s, I remember very specific scenes like the the breeze on my back while, um, while I was catching sun in my parents' backyard in the Glendale Hills while my girlfriend was swimming like she just discovered a beautiful lake in our swimming pool. So back in the day, um, my parents had this uh, for just a couple years, but they had this beautiful house in the Glendale Hills and it had this Olympic-sized swimming pool. And the person that owned the house was a, um, a an architect. So... It was just – it was picture perfect. It was gorgeous, and it was during the time that I was running the restaurant bar, and since it was in the hills, there's always this breeze, and I don't know what it is about air and breezes for me. Maybe it's because I'm a fire sign. I'm an Aries. Um, there's nothing that feels better to me than like a breeze, so whether I'm in the ocean, and I think that's also why I like the motorcycle so much, that the air in my face kind of feeling is just snaps me right into the present allows me to just discover and feel alive. And so that feeling, um, I remember the feeling of wanting this exact feeling, but uh, in my own house in the hills one day. The feeling of grabbing my seams on the beach at 3 a.m. while being yelled at by the pledge master in college (laughs) as I was rushing a frat. Um, As I look back at my teenage years, now if I even go further than that, moments brighten even more, right? The first time, yes, I'm going to say it, <laughs> the first time I got head, I remember the blanket. Um, oh, I remember how the blanket felt. I remember the sun piercing in the room. I remember the sound of my friend's voice as he was calling us to go out. He had no idea what we were doing in the room. And I remember me internally screaming no because this was the best feeling I've ever had in my life. Uh, high school, the the the, the um, on stage dancing with half the football team in a talent show. Where I remember like exact voices, expressions on people's faces, the applause from the audience. But when I look back at my high school moments, um, I don't remember the turning points. Right, those those slowly fade. And now, even going back even further, when I think about childhood, um, there like are no t- turning points. All I remember, like I started this podcast mentioning the the moments I had playing with Legos in my room. Um, those moments feel very pure, like they happened yesterday, right? Breakdancing, Legos, uh, Thanksgiving at my friend's house, um, throwing soda cans out the window of a station wagon as we're all heading to the beach. Our parents, we were just bratty kids, and our parents would you know, drive us to the beach. Well, not my parents. My parents were always at work, but the, I, was, I kind of like was raised by the, the neighborhood. So I was the, uh, the orphan child asian kid that everyone took in (laughs) and this was the 80s so i really stood out anyway the world felt so big and so the reason why i remember these moments and less turning points as i look back at my life is because the younger i was the more mindful and present i was right and this is with everyone um 
And yes, there's a fact that when we're younger, our experiences are new, right? Which leaves a deeper imprint. And of course, we're more curious, you know, but we weren't thinking about credit cards and how to scale our company, right? We weren't thinking about taxes. We weren't thinking about all the stress that we have to encounter as adults. We were fully present and engaged. And so what happens was with, as I grew up, I lost my sense of wonder. I stepped out of life and I jumped into my head. And I think a lot of us live like this, right? And so uh, live, living mostly in the future, and this is all of my 30s, man, um, wishing and worrying. That, that was basically my two modes. I was either wishing or worrying and creating that mental emotional loop. And that's why I don't remember any moments, you know. Um, that's why my 30s are blurry to me. Anyway, um, it's like I started losing my senses and saw only the world through logic. And I don't know if you can relate to this. I don't know if this is how you maneuver through the world now. Um, but here's here's a good news about uh, a rebirth or, you know, I went through my divorce or, or whenever you kind of life uh, sh shakes things and you kind of have to start over. It forces you to um, see things that you haven't before, right? Assuming that you're on a path of growth and rediscovery and not going the other way. And things like moments um, you could start to lean into and they could start to brighten. So I mean like after the panic of realizing you're not going to die, you know, I don't know what stability looks for you. Maybe it's, you know, a secure job in some direction. Um, for me, it was um, finding a sense of purpose, working in nonprofit. After you make some friends and actually get out of bed, right, have the ability to get out of bed, then you're um, – it's like after you have the the foundation, right? It's where you, where you don't feel like you're going to um, be homeless. Like obviously, like if you look at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know once you have the the basic needs that you have, um, then your world kind of it it, it expands, and um, you don't have to um, you don't have to be uh, uh, – so when the less concerned you are with um, the past or the future, and you guys know this, the more that you're, you're focusing on the here and now, the way you do that is by anchoring yourself by using all your senses, right? Um, and that is a practice. The more you stretch that, the more that you are actually living and not existing. So I remember when I went to Italy and I never traveled, I decided to, to – it took a divorce <laughs> and a commitment to actually get my ass to travel. So I went to Italy for the first time and I remember standing in front of the David, that's the famous statue, and like I was – there was there was tears coming out of my face because I – I just could the, the beauty of it, you know, um, the amazement of of someone carving this out of out of a chisel with a chisel, and it just it just blew my mind. I remember um, walking the cobble streets and what that felt like on my foot. I remember looking at all the buildings and all the details. Like each building was is like a work of art. I remember the warmth of the Mediterranean Sea and how different that felt from the water in the Pacific Ocean. Um, and yeah, I get it. I was traveling. And of course, um, you know, when you're traveling, you notice details and all that. But it didn't stop when I got back to Los Angeles. So when I came back, and, and, and now, you know, this is me really practicing a lot of mindfulness. Um, I started like the the uh, the fear and calm of riding a motorcycle for the first time, right? The feeling of burying my feet in the California sand, which I've known for my entire life, but this time it was different, like I was when I was 10. 
Uh, I started noticing trees and how palm trees are slanted here in LA. I started noticing my thoughts. I started noticing my breath. I started noticing my energy. I started tasting food for the first time because I'm just used to inhaling food, right? And so all of this um, caused me to basically step out of my head. And I think that, you know, one of the biggest things that uh, creates suffering for for us is living in between our ears. And one way to really force yourself to, to, to step out of that and really live is to practice mindfulness. So here's the question to you guys. Um, are you practicing mindfulness or is it, is it just a, you know, a meme that you're passing around the internet? And if you're practicing mindfulness, what does that look like? How are you doing it? I'll be honest with you. Uh, I still struggle with it, but I also know that, you know, there's a tipping point when you actually do it, thread it into your life. You do it long enough, like meditation, um, your lenses start to change, you know, you start to slow down, you start to, as I call it, start seeking nectar, meaning produce joy from what you have in front of you instead of waiting for that joy to come because happy doesn't fall on your lap. I think we have to produce it and I think it's an ability and I mean, it starts with a choice, but it's things like practicing mindfulness that um, gets us to build happy, right? And then, you know, and then when we, as we get become quote unquote successful, depending on what your definition is, we're just able to enjoy and be more fulfilled because now we actually have tools um, to take whatever's in front of us and really uh, soak it up. And and this is why I think people who you know win the lottery or get successful very fast um, without the ability to appreciate and and to to produce. Um, to take what they have and really, uh, you know, let that be enough. They become powerless and unhappy because then they just fall into a cycle of wanting more, right? Or their whatever they, you know, their money or whatever. Once it's once it goes away, then suddenly they fall again, and so it makes you really powerless, powerful, power filled, and it gives you a strong stance when you have this ability to. Um, Practice mindfulness, be super present, and enjoy moments. Guys, thank you for listening. And again, um, I <laughs> this is my new favorite thing. If you listen, I don't, uh, I don't. It, it's a one man show here. It's the little train that little Korean train that could. There's no, I don't have a, a, a team of people trying to promote my podcast. I'm going old school, and I'm just trusting that if people like this dialogue, they're telling a friend, and that's how I'm trying to spread the message. So, um, if you enjoy this, I tried to try to get it out twice a week, and I've been very consistent because I'm enjoying it. I'll continue to do this if you guys find it helpful. But if you can tell a friend or write a review or subscribe, um, that would mean the world. And uh, practice mindfulness starting right now. Before you go, I wanted to give you something. Something I made. It's a relationship toolkit because the world needs better, healthier relationships so we could all love harder. So go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash podcast that's www.theangrytherapist.com forward slash podcast it's super simple and we will email you my relationship toolkit thanks for tuning in i hope the dialogue was helpful listen guys if you want to be a life coach just go to my website theangrytherapist.com and click on 
life coaching training and you'll find our Catalyst Intensive. There's only two things you need to be a life coach. A story, which everyone has, and a passion to help others.